Hello, Disney fans, and welcome to the show. My name is Austin Terrace, and I'm joined here today by my wonderful sister, Emma. Hi, everyone. Coming up on this episode of Disney Daydream, variable pricing is introduced for Genie Plus at Walt Disney World, a new Disney animation immersive experience is coming to cities around the globe, and Angela Lansbury passes away at age 96. Later on, we'll talk about the much-anticipated announcements that were missing from D23. So, take a little break in your busy day, and let's start daydreaming. This is the Disney Daydream Podcast. Thank you for joining us, whether you're a longtime listener or if you're checking us out for the first time, we appreciate you. Emma, how, how do you describe our show? Um, a mess? <laughs> <laughs> We're just a couple of Disney nerds who are trying to make the most out of Disney on a budget and with a limited amount of time. I think one of the cool things actually about our show is that we try to produce great Disney content, and we're not Orlando locals. So a lot of Disney podcasts and vlogs are dominated by Florida locals who are able to go to the parks many times throughout the year. And we're kind of different, you know, that was part of the reason for creating the show, we wanted to put something out there that was for those people that only get to travel to Disney, maybe once every two or three years. That's kind of been how we've done it in the past. And I will admit, I've started to go more frequently over the last couple of years. But you know what, like still, we make every day count in the parks. And we try to share some helpful tips with you who also travel in the same way. Yeah, and I think we have a different kind of appreciation for the parks because like growing up, we weren't able to go as often. Obviously, we're very lucky with the amount we were able to go. Um, I know a lot of people aren't, don't go as much as we have, but since we don't live there, we, like Austin said, we really try to make everything count, and every single Disney trip is just, like, maximized and magical, really. Yeah, and there are tons of Disney shows that just treat the parks in a different way and they're a little more laid back but we know that a ton of people only get to travel once every few years and you get you know your one day in magic kingdom your one day in hollywood studios and you're there from rope drop until after close so that's just how we've always done it and if you like our show and our content then please you know subscribe and you can follow us on Instagram at Diz Daydream or Disney Daydream Podcast 
on Facebook. Just, you know, don't don't be afraid to connect with us. We love to hear from you and to interact with you. If you really love our stuff, then you can even check out our Patreon page if you'd like to make a monthly financial donation to support the show. So you can find us on patreon.com slash Disney Daydream. We give our patrons um, some cool perks like mini episode access and free merchandise depending on the tier that you join and we have donation tiers that start for pretty pretty low amount of money per month just three dollars a month uh and yeah our show is sponsored by those patrons and by daydream travel agency which is something that is run by myself experts at planning the perfect trip to disney world disneyland disney cruise line adventures by disney or alani You can head over to daydreamtravelagency.com if you want more information. And utilizing a travel agent that books through Disney is completely free. So why not do it? Let's hop into the news today. First off, it's a show where I'm a little bit upset with Disney. (laughs) (laughs) That's nothing new. Although I feel like the past couple shows we've done have been more positive, really. And this one is kind of sending me back to reality yeah. <laughs> because variable pricing has been introduced for Genie Plus at Walt Disney World in a move that has fans up in arms yet again. Genie Plus was the system that replaced FastPass Plus and granted guests lightning laying access for $15 per person per day last year. And now this new tiered dynamic pricing system will change the price of Genie Plus depending on the season and the typical crowd levels. So the lowest price will remain at $15 per day, but it can climb as high as $22 for the month of October. And Disney has made it really clear that more price increases can be expected, especially as we approach the holiday season. If you thought that was it, it doesn't stop there. All of these stories, I swear, came out within like a couple days of each other, too. So Disneyland has decided to increase Genie Plus by a flat rate of 25%. It was already more expensive at Disneyland, $20 per guest per day, and now it was bumped up to $25. Disneyland ticket prices have increased by an average of $10 per ticket, and food and beverage prices have increased almost everywhere on Walt Disney World property. That's a lot to stomach at once. Also, it's just really bold by Disney, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I I get since the pandemic, they haven't made as much money, but this seems really excessive. And, like, aren't they back to a point where they're making good money again? Like, Oh, yeah. They're back to, you know, like, record record profits each quarter. um, And... It's just so bold. It's like, we're going to do this because we can and we don't care. Yeah, it's like, they know people will still come. So, why not? That That's so annoying to me. Because to get it to change, it would be like, everyone would just have to stop going. Which obviously would never happen. And like, we're going to go to Disney. No matter what. But like, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Well, yeah, and you're kind of outlining the main the main problem with it all, right? Like, the change to a paid FastPass system 
was probably one of their most controversial moves that they've made in in quite a while. And in less than a year, they've decided to implement price increases for it. It's like, we're going to move to this paid system. Oh, 12 months later, it's going to change and it's going to be more expensive, even though there was all this pushback. And I know that pretty much every industry is doing this type of dynamic pricing nowadays. Disney does it for basically everything else. Sporting events do it. Theaters, cruise lines, hotels, airlines, etc. It all works this way. So I think everyone kind of saw this coming, but just didn't expect it so soon. And typically with dynamic pricing, the non-peak times would actually get some relief and see a price decrease. But that's not even what's happening here. Like 15 bucks is going to be the new baseline. And it's just going to go up from there. So if you're traveling in February, May, early November, the real off-peak times, you can probably expect 15. But it'll be much higher on weekends. It's going to get higher during the holidays. You can't even see the price of Genie Plus before the morning of. Are you serious? That's so weird. Yeah, because you can't you can't add it on to your, your trip anymore in advance. You have to book Genie Plus the morning of each day. So there's no way to accurately forecast what you'll be paying until 7 a.m. the day you're supposed to head to the park. And with that, it seems pretty calculated, doesn't it? Yeah. It, it seems like they rolled this out. They had this plan all along. I'm sure they did. You know, first they introduce the paid system, then they require you to purchase only the morning of, and then they introduce the dynamic pricing, all in perfect succession, and you're already more apt to add on Genie Plus, because you have to make a spur-of-the-moment decision that morning. Right. Right? It's like you don't have really any think time to do anything. If you want to get that first selection, which is really important... Mm-hmm then you just got to go with it. And I know I've been like public on this show saying that the first time I tried Genie Plus in March, I loved it because my group had one day in each theme park. It allowed us to do essentially everything we wanted to do. We thought that at the end of the day, we know what FastPass used to be, but we thought that the $15 price point for the lines we were able to skip was worth it. But it's just so sad that Disney's been manipulative and exclusionary in this way. They've been very clear about wanting to price people out of the parks so they're not as crowded and so they can still earn record revenue and profits each quarter by adding a million more ways of making revenue from fewer guests. And the company goes around now positioning itself as this luxury brand, they tout offering a premium theme park experience, but at the same time, they're indiscriminately increasing prices and taking away popular experiences and perks. So it's like the branding and the price increases aren't matching up with quality increases. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so dumb. (sighs) So I'm just frustrated... And what you said first, Emma, is really what it's all about. I mean, I guess that's not going to keep you from going to the parks. Is it going to keep me, even though I'm complaining about it? Probably not. Yeah. (laughs) So I guess 
why wouldn't Disney do it from that perspective? They know that they haven't reached that point of no return. Even though I need to look into this further because stories were released, I think, in the in the last couple of days about how much Universal is drawing to their theme parks and the numbers for last year just came up in terms of attendance. So I really want to look at that. Yeah. But we should remember, like, Disney's not going to care about numbers. Yeah. Right? They don't care about attendance numbers anymore. Right. Like, maybe they used to brag about that. All they care about now is how much money they're sucking from each guest. Yep. And I'm sure those numbers are exorbitantly higher than Universal's. Right. It's just so frustrating because, like, for some people, these increases mean there's literally no way they can go to Disney anymore. And that's so sad. But then it's not, like we were saying, it's not going to change because so many people just, like, will go anyway and mm-hmm. just save up and save up and go because it's Disney. Or, yeah, or they increasingly draw from people who the number doesn't matter. Right. They yeah. don't have to save. They're making, you know, crap loads of cash and yep. increasing by the price of a trip by whatever it is, five-ish percent each year or more. It just doesn't matter. So... If that's the only travelers that Disney wants to its theme parks, that's pretty disappointing. Um, yep. But every move that they make, you know, points in that direction. So nowadays, because here, this is a good time to bring this up. They're trying to make cruising more attractive. Mm-hmm. And everybody, if you're interested in cruising, should take advantage. Because yeah. Disney Cruise Line had recently released maybe one of their best deals ever. Disney mm-hmm. Plus subscribers can now get a third and fourth adult in each stateroom for free. So that's a savings of, eh, depend, it depends on how long the cruise is, of course, but at least like 1500 Right. If not more, if your cruise is like a week long. So it's significant savings. Yeah. And now it's so much easier to just take a Disney cruise vacation than to plan everything that goes into their theme parks nowadays. Yeah. And now the price is honestly less. Right? If you want to stay on property, you're going to pay a lot less for a cruise because you're not going to have to pay for all your meals. Right. And you can do a lot of these activities that are on the ship for free. Yeah. So cruising is looking really good now. Universal is becoming much more competitive (laughs) in terms of what they offer for their price. Um. So another sad announcement in my, in my opinion here. Um, but Emma, why don't you go ahead, share this new immersive experience idea that's going to be popping up pretty soon. Okay, so this is something I'm super excited about. Lighthouse Immersive Studios, who produced the absolutely epic Van Gogh experience, has teamed up with Walt Disney Animation Studios to create the Disney Animation Immersive Experience. It will debut in Toronto at the Lighthouse Art Space in December of 2022, coming up very soon. It will then move to Cleveland in February of 2023. It has been described as a sensory experience like no other that promises to transport audiences into the incredible worlds of beloved Disney characters, from hit films of today like Encanto, Zootopia, and Frozen, to all of the classics including The Lion King, Peter Pan, and Pinocchio. 
The complete schedule and tickets for the Disney Animation Immersive Experience will be available soon, and sales are expected to begin for Cleveland next week. After Toronto and Cleveland, the experience will travel to Nashville, Detroit, Denver, Boston, San Antonio, Las Vegas, Minneapolis, and Columbus during the first four months of 2023. Tokyo will be the first city outside of North America to receive the experience. So I'm just so excited because the Van Gogh experience was just absolutely incredible. Yeah, we were both able to go. Yeah on the same day to experience that. And it was really cool. Yeah. Especially the way that they kind of integrated music as well. Right. To create just this immersive landscape of art and sound. So think about what Disney can do with that too. Integrating all of those classic soundtracks into the artwork. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's going to be fun. Wasn't that expensive either. I thought it was a good value and you're able to spend... If it's a similar time frame, what do we spend? A nice like hour and a half around? Yeah. It, it was great. So be on the lookout. I would definitely think about getting tickets for that when it comes to an area near you. For our last story of the day, another sad one. Angela Lansbury passes away at age 96. Um, her family announced that on October 11th, She was active in the industry for an astonishing 80 years, notably voicing the role of Mrs. Potts. Uh, She's known for collaborating with Stephen Sondheim many times, starring in Murder, She Wrote, Bedknobs and Broomsticks, winning five Tony Awards, earning herself three Oscar nominations, six Golden Globe nominations, 18 Primetime Emmy nominations, and winning a a BAFTA Lifetime Achievement Award. She was inducted by the Walt Disney Archives as a Disney legend in 1995. So she just had an incredible life and a career that transcended and stretched far beyond Disney to many other great intellectual property as well. So rest in peace, Miss Lansbury, Dame Angela Lansbury, and she'll definitely be missed. I saw a lot of of social media tributes going around. Lots of posts. Yep. That's going to do it for our news section today. But our topic is missing from D23. What were some of the announcements that we expected to be made that just weren't? So stick with us. That topic is coming right up. back and today for our topic we're talking about what went missing from d23 over the last few years disney's made a lot of announcements that are currently in limbo so we kind of wanted to bring those up speculate about maybe why they haven't moved forward and determine if we think they'll ever actually happen of course covid has derailed some things disney also let's face it has new priorities direct-to-consumer, Disney+. Plus. That's really where the major investment is going. So a lot of that has 
influenced the way that they are treating and investing in the theme parks. So the first thing I wanted to to touch on today was the Carousel Progress. It was supposed to get a final scene update for the 50th anniversary. Obviously, that didn't happen. And that original announcement was made in 2019. The Carousel Progress, it it wasn't an opening day attraction in Magic Kingdom. It opened four years later in 1975, but it's still an iconic fixture in the park. So how great would it have been to see that revamped final scene last October, or at some point during the 50th, like to complement that anniversary celebration? Instead, we're kind of just stuck with the animatronics talking about laser discs and car phones <laughs> for the foreseeable future. I just hate to see some of those classics in the park not being given the attention that they deserve. Now, a few months ago, they did the absolute bare minimum, and they changed the outfits the animatronics were wearing in the final scene to make it look like, you know, clothing that could have been purchased in the last 10 years. But seriously, how expensive could it be to update this attraction. This is not like creating Tron. It's going to take five more years to build. But apparently some update is in store during the summer of 2023. But they just keep pushing this back and pushing it back. So my final verdict, yes, I want an updated final scene. Of course, I want new narration. I think this should be a living attraction, and it has so much potential to be an attraction that's revisited every, I don't know, five to ten years, ten years maximum, I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, But it's been pushed back so many times that I think it will come, but I am not expecting it to actually be changed in the summer. I think maybe, maybe 2025. I know that stinks, but I think they're just going to push this back and back. Yeah, I agree. Prove us wrong. <laughs> hey, <laughs> do do finish something ahead of schedule. <laughs> um, Emma, why don't you go ahead? What what did you want to bring up? Okay, so the first one is the construction restart for Reflections, a uh, Disney Lakeside Lodge resort. So. Reflections, a Disney Lakeside Lodge resort, was originally set to welcome families in 2022. Um, It was supposed to be located between Disney's Wilderness Lodge and Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground. It was a nature-inspired resort along the picturesque Bay Lake shoreline. Now, with 2022 coming to an end, we can obviously see that that isn't happening, as the plot for this resort is still an empty pile of literal dirt. Construction has been at a standstill since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. So that's pretty unfortunate. Um, I've heard, if I'm remembering correctly, that they had real issues with this land Mm. in general. So (laughs) maybe that's playing a role, too. They're like, oh, it's going to be a a lot easier to kind of do what we want to do here. And then they're just like, crap. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe they just cannot build on this area. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Well, all signs point to reflections being canceled entirely. There hasn't been any official announcement about it, but these rumors have been going on for years now. 
um, only being supported by new evidence. There's a permit from Walt Disney Imagineering that removes office trailers from the properties of addresses connected to the construction of this. Uh, this very strongly points to the project being canceled. And another big hint is that Disney removed reflections from the D23 2019 announcements page. Um, so all in all, I would say that there's no chance that anything will be done about reflections anytime soon, if ever. I just hope they do something with the property. Yeah, I didn't know that. Taken retroactively removed yep. from the announcements page yeah like oh we never said this <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just i don't understand as if people didn't like document that happening <laughs> that's hilarious uh i'm not like upset about this though yeah i i don't know i i didn't really get the theme because the theme I, seemed is the same as wilderness lodge wilderness lodge and Fort Wilderness. Yeah. Just nature. Another I mean, <laughs> a lakeside lodge resort. It, yeah. It, and maybe I should go out of order with my stories because this kind of connects to something else that I was going to talk about. Um, and I'll kind of explain that in just a minute. So a few months ago, this is not a years long announcement, but a few months ago, there was supposed to be an expansion to the Polynesian Village Resort on the DVC side. So when this original announcement was made, it was not popular. Most fans are probably happy that this is now in limbo. But in March, Disney told us that they would be building a multi-level Disney Vacation Club wing with a modern aesthetic, and it was coming to the Polynesian. And here's what the announcement said. So inspired by the early concepts for Disney's Polynesian Village Resort, the Imagineers of today are honoring the past while furthering the resort's story with this innovative addition. Projected to open in late 2024, the proposed vacation ownership property would complement the existing resort and evoke the spirit of the Pacific Island. Here's the problem. There was concept art, and everybody should look at it. Tell me if that evokes the spirit of the Pacific Islands. Emma, I'm bringing this up. Okay. Look over at my screen. Does that fit with the Polynesian? No. Does it look like the Pacific Islands? No, that it, that looks like one of those um like weird rectangular mansions with like floor to ceiling windows that are like yeah. just like ultra modern. Yeah. Like it's very modern. I thought that it looked more like reflections. Yeah. Or like an apartment high-rise in Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> with like a vaguely, kind of a vaguely rustic feel. Yeah. But modern. Yeah, modern with those floor-to-ceiling windows yeah. and balconies and things like that. Yeah, that's Plus, so weird. Plus, this thing is eight stories high. The longhouses <laughs> at the Polynesian are what, two stories or three? It's yeah. definitely not higher than three. I think they're two stories. So... This strange building would just be towering over the rest of the resort <laughs> makes no sense. So uh, it's not that I'm like against an expansion to the Polynesian, but it was just like, come on, this will not be integrated thematically. Going back to, to your first story, Emma, with reflections, like the move by Disney right now is not to create new construction properties, it's to add more rooms at existing resorts 
because over the summer while we weren't producing shows, another huge thing to happen was the opening of the new DVC building at the Grand Floridian. Right. And they tried the new studio concept, the resort studio villa, which honestly I loved. It kind of continued a theme that already existed at the Grand Floridian DVC properties, which was Mary Pro- Mary Poppins. They did it really... Uh, it was thoughtfully done. It was kind of subtle, but it was there. Mm-hmm. And the rooms were smaller with without, like, full kitchen access, but they're cheaper. Yeah. So you could basically book a room at the Grand Floridian DVC for the same amount of points that you could stay at, like, the Boardwalk, which I think is really great. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it, the rooms are getting pretty good reviews. Uh, but the the point is, I think that was successful because they didn't build this building out of nowhere that didn't fit in with the rest of the Grand Floridian. They used an existing building and renovated the rooms. Yeah. <laughs> so a, a huge departure from from this new high-rise that makes no sense at the Polynesian. Uh, okay, let's continue on. I don't think anybody's complaining about that change. The only people who are complaining are those that can't uh, book rooms at the Poly because they don't <laughs> yeah. own there. They, they don't have their DVC contract through there. But uh, what's next? Okay, so the Spaceship Earth refurbishment. Um, Part of the whole reimagining of Epcot is a new version of Spaceship Earth. With rapidly advancing technology, this is obviously a much-needed update. This was supposed to be a multi-year project. Initially, Spaceship Earth was supposed to close for the refurbishment on May 26, 2020, a couple months after the initial February 25th announcement. Um, Obviously, Spaceship Earth did close along with the rest of the parks, but it returned with the rest of Epcot when the parks reopened instead of staying closed for the update. Budget cuts and scalebacks resulted in postponing the project. Um, Spaceship Earth needs track updates and better interactive technology at the bare minimum. Like, absolute bare minimum, that's what it needs. Not to mention, I know that I don't really have hearing problems. Uh huh. And you can barely hear that narration. Yeah. It's so strange. It's weird. And I kind of, it's like, I really want to hear this story. Yeah. Because I don't get much enjoyment anymore with looking at the scenes in the kind of out of outdated animatronics. Yeah. That and are like in the half scene. the time, the animatronics aren't even working. Like, yeah. Some of them, like, don't move and just their eyes move. And, like, it's weird. Um, but, Here's what could come with a bigger refurbishment, which I think is also much needed, and a lot of people, most other people think it's much needed. Um, But this is, like, according to the initial announcement. Um, The reimagining was announced to be Spaceship Earth, Our Shared Story. It was supposed to have all new narration and an entirely new score. Guests will follow a magical, quote, story light that brings the entire experience to life in dynamic ways, giving each scene energy and beauty that ties the entire journey together. Um, The logo or cover design or whatever you want to call it for this new Spaceship Earth looks really cool. Um, I thought it looked kind of like, it's more of like a retro type style, and it was really cool. Um, 
According to Walt Disney Imagineering, this was supposed to be the fourth and, quote, most ambitious update yet. So we don't know if that's true or if it's just marketing. But um, this new iteration still focuses on the story of humanity following our long journey from prehistoric humans to today brought to life. Many of the existing scenes in Spaceship Earth will remain in the attraction, but updated with new technology and blended together with brand new scenes to tell a story about our shared human experience. Throughout the reimagined Spaceship Earth, you'll hear new narration and see how light plays a central role in the human journey. That's the story light that I mentioned earlier. The attraction will come to life in dynamic ways in a celebration of what's possible when we all come together. Additionally, the back of Spaceship Earth will be reworked with a new post-show. Upon exiting Spaceship Earth, there will be a breathtaking new view of the World Showcase from Dreamer's Point, which will also feature a statue of Walt Disney seated on a curb. This area behind Spaceship Earth will also feature natural environments, a wishing tree in an enchanted forest, and a story fountain playing Disney music. Well, I'm not sure if all of this will end up happening or not. Probably not all of that. I, I, would not, I wouldn't assume that all of that will actually be happening. But I'm looking forward to any kind of update to Spaceship Earth, honestly. Like, as long as they do something, I won't be completely disappointed. Yeah, I, th I think the plans for Dreamer's Point might have already been changed. Yeah. Um, I know that there's stuff that's been scaled back. Some of those world showcase like viewing areas and all of that, they were going to be building more things that just aren't going to be happening anymore. But that was supposed to marry really well this new narration about our shared human experience with Harmonious. Right. You know, and it was going to go hand in hand. And the plans for Epcot's reimagining were just so thorough yeah and i know that everybody hates being around so many construction walls in the theme park now but if you think about it epcot's gonna be completely transformed and yeah. even though some things have been taken away and scaled back it is gonna feel a lot different still um but just imagine like if we had a new spaceship earth 2 to show for it if we had a new well things that we might cover before we end this show yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that are also missing from Epcot right now. But we got to, we got to give spaceship earth more love. It's kind of like the same thing as carousel of progress. Right. It's such an iconic attraction. Yeah, and if you're staple. going to keep it, make sure that you take care of it. Yeah. Next staying in Epcot. Let's just stay in Epcot for a okay. minute. <laughs> First announced in 2019. A lot of these things, you know, were brought up in 2019 um, the Mary Poppins attraction would have been found in the UK pavilion in Epcot. Guests would step back in time down Cherry Tree Lane, past Am they would get to pass Admiral Boom's house, and then enter number 17, home of the Banks family, where the real adventure would begin. What would this adventure entail? We never found out. And the last time that we heard about this project was back in March when Bob Chapek said that it had been put on hold. This delay, I think out of all of them, might even hurt me the most because I love Mary Poppins. And I was looking forward to that full transformation of Epcot. 
So I've mentioned this on the show before. It was either on the full show or for our patrons on a mini episode. But Mary Poppins might be my favorite Disney soundtrack overall, just taken holistically. The music is so incredible, and it's just an intriguing, touching, fun, and magical story. So some people thought that this area might turn into a full dark ride. Others thought that it could become a show, and other people, myself included, my hopes weren't as high as that, but I thought it would probably turn into like a self-guided exploration type of thing, like the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse or like Journey of Water, um, what they're creating, the Moana-themed attraction in Epcot. So I thought it would kind of be the same thing as that. But still, there are a lot of fun things you could do with that. Thinking Mm -hmm. about Mary Poppins' magic and how that could come to life as you're walking through this space. So I was kind of excited to hear that it hadn't been canceled, just put on hold. I'm still concerned. Yep. (laughs) But I'm holding out hope. Um, There seems to be plenty of space in the UK Pavilion to do something nice. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, and you've got one more, Emma, right? Oh, and yes. we're, we're going to finish up in Epcot yeah. as well. So these are the three big things at Epcot that have huge question marks at this time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the Play Pavilion at Epcot. Um, here's like the original announcement. The Play Pavilion at Epcot is set to include interactive experiences, games, entertainment, and hands-on activities. Disney has shared examples of some activities you can expect to participate in, including helping fashion icon Edna Mode from The Incredibles on her quest to rid the world of uninspired style, as well as competing in a water balloon fight hosted by Huey, Dewey, Louie, and Webby. If you don't know, which I didn't, Webby is also known as Webigail, and she is one of the <laughs> friends of Huey, Dewey, and Louie. That's great. That's a deep cut. If people... Um new webby right off the bat that's impressive yeah like what is that from the new ducktales i'm sure she makes an appearance in ducktales yeah. but i'm wondering if she appeared like once in an old yeah, tv maybe. show or something like that too yeah um you'll also be able to see characters during your visit at the new pavilion digitally and in person so we aren't sure what's going on with this exactly But we have a pretty big update. On July 14th of 2022, Disney filed a permit with Orange County for a general contractor package at the Wonders of Magic building, which is the building that this play pavilion is taking over. On the permit, the expiration date of notice of commencement is set as December 31st, 2024. So this is the date by which all construction must be completed. So it's possible that we could see the Play Pavilion open in Epcot before the end of 2024. We'll have to wait and see what Disney announces, but that is what we can gather pretty confidently from the permit itself. So unless that changes, um, which it might, um, that could be a potential timeline. Yeah, I'm still really concerned, and I'll tell you why. Like the initial announcement, including interactive experiences, games, entertainment, hands-on activities, character meet and greets. That sounds like a lot of stuff that could potentially be really cool if they lean into like embracing new technology, bringing that in in cool ways. 
you know, really doing what Epcot's about in Future World and stuff like that. I'm worried that this is going to be a scaled back project and that it's just yeah. not going to be interesting enough to command attention that the Play Pavilion announcement garnered when it was created. Do you remember walking through Epcot before all of this happened and we'd walk into these pavilions throughout and you kind of just keep walking all the way through them? Yeah. It's yeah, because the, there's just not enough engaging stuff there. And yeah. it, it is not very repeatable. So I don't want another one popping up that's just going to lose its luster after you walk through it the first time. Yeah, like, I remember, like, some weather thing. Yep. It's just, like, the stuff that was in those pavilions, just, it wasn't... It was kind of forgettable. Memorable. Yeah, it, w- it was forgettable. And, yeah. Even yeah. the design your own roller coaster thing. Yeah. I did that once. It was pretty cool. Uh, of course, it was the only thing in those pavilions that had like a 40 minute wait. Yeah. So I, I think I only n- ended up doing it one time. But everything else, it was just like, eh, this was okay. Yeah. This is not really how I want to be spending my day at Epcot. Right. When there is literally like a world showcase to explore. So I'm I'm hoping that it does open on time in 2024. I hope that they keep the original plans, but we'll have to see. And I think last but not least, certainly not least, just as construction walls were about to pop up in Tomorrowland, the pandemic hit and plans for a Wreck-It Ralph attraction to replace Stitch's Great Escape, were scrapped. This announcement was originally made in 2019 again, with a timeline to open the new attraction in 2022. The Wreck-It Ralph attraction would utilize the existing theater in the round from Stitch's Great Escape, but would attach a video game controller to every seat so guests could play an interactive role in the show. Of course, that fits in perfectly, considering the fact that at the end of the day, Wreck-It Ralph was a video game, but apparently Disney would rather leave this building completely empty than do something <laughs> with it. Does any place in Disney need more attention than Tomorrowland at this point? No. <laughs> Think about all this stuff. Even let's consider Tron opening on time. Well, we can't say on time. It's a year and a half late. But Tron opening. <laughs> we just covered the neglected Carousel of Progress. The people mover is just unreliable. It's cool, but it breaks down all the time. Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin is more frustrating than fun. The Tomorrowland Speedway sucks. Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor is tired. And there's just an empty building to top it all off. So I guess you have Space Mountain and the Astro Orbiter. But there's so much potential here. I listed off a lot of attractions. Almost all of them need to be rehabbed. If that happens, this will be awesome. If they just pay a little bit more attention to the exterior and update it for, I think, what would be the first time in like 25 years, Mm -hmm. then it would be great. But this is, I'm sorry to say, I wonder if they can keep the little area leading to Tron open and just close everything else for a bit. That's probably too much to do in Magic Kingdom. Yeah. But that's what it needs. It needs one year of being shut down 
and then you reopen it to something that's amazing. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I love Tomorrowland. It's such a great concept. It's like interesting to me. I love Space Mountain. I enjoy the People Mover, even though it badly needs updated and fixed. Um, just it just needs to work. Yeah, I mean it. It needs <laughs> to work. It doesn't need updated, but it needs to work. Um, I like the vibe of Tomorrowland. I love Carousel of Progress, but that needs updated so so much that just, that just needs fixed and updated. Um, but like, it's seriously lacking compared to the rest of the park and the other theme parks and. It just it just needs to be better. Something needs to be done. Yep. Stitch's Great Escape closed in January of 2018. Oh my gosh. So we're approaching five years of nothing being in there. Yeah. And it's not even it's not even a track. No. Right? It's, it's, it's not, not even a huge building. It's it's basically a show. Yeah. How can you not replace it with another show in five years? Yeah, I don't know. And if we take away, like, still, even taking away the time the parks were closed, that's still, like, four and a half years. Yeah. (laughs) So, it's like, it's, you can't even use the pandemic as an excuse for that. Yeah, and it's hard, and I know that they, they probably couldn't have done this, Uh, Making this suggestion is probably crazy of me, but think about how people would be viewing the brand differently now if they took those months off Mm -hmm. or even the first six months to a year back when they actually could get the construction crews back and working. What if they took that time to do a sizable investment, open up this new stuff, renovate and refurb these buildings and attractions and then actually make a reasonable pitch for people paying more to come back. Right, exactly. Yeah, I've been thinking that lately too. Like, why didn't they take advantage of the time they had, like, capacity being lower for the parks? Like... Yeah. I I don't even Cuz you could say like wow, look there's all of this new stuff that I've never experienced before and Disney is opening new things. Yeah. But it it's still not matching their price increases. Yeah. Everybody and, would have been okay if we had a new Tomorrowland, if we kept yeah. Epcot's renovation slightly on schedule. Yeah. And we could come back to that, pay for Genie Plus, be okay with you know, increased hotel costs. And it's like a new world now. But if we had new things to go along with it, it would have been more easy to stomach. (laughs) Yeah. And like, obviously, there was like a lot in Hollywood Studios that was new, which was fantastic. Like we Mm -hmm. were so happy at Hollywood Studios on our last family trip and stuff. Um, But that was all stuff that was completed before COVID. Yeah. And, like, Magic Kingdom hasn't had an update in so long. Since Fantasyland a decade ago. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like, and that's supposed to be their main park. Like, 
I, I don't know. It's so frustrating. Yeah, of course we complain because we care. Yeah. <laughs> we do try to balance it if you're listening for the first time. Because um, there's tons of stuff that we love about Disney. And I even got on board. I got on board the Genie Plus train after I took my trip during a relatively peak time of year and thought that it was great value. But, you know, we got to point some other things out, too. Uh, those were some announcements from D23 that were missing uh, that we get clarity on, hopefully sometime in the relatively near future. But I think that is going to do it for this episode of the Disney Daydream Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and that you'll join us for the next one. Remember, be kind to one another and take the time to find a magical moment in each and every day. Every day.